everybody, wrestling fans around the world, musings of a mad dog with the Eskimofo. I am Mad Dog Marty Sugar here to school once again, Destro the Eskimofo, this time via the airwaves so I can get my hands on him in a wrestling ring. Take it away, Des. <laughs> Thank you so much for the introduction, uh, Marty. That's great. That's good stuff. And uh, and honestly, this would have been the week too, right? This, uh, this would have been the week where we would have been uh, facing off in, in Kelowna. So I think you, you got lucky there for sure. You definitely got lucky. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah West Kelowna and Penticton, you're going to finally uh, come down to uh, see a thrash wrestling show firsthand, and I don't know, maybe get stapled in the forehead and get taught how hardcore wrestling works. Uh, you see, this, this is what I live for. That's totally what I, I would have been, totally been down for that. It would have been a great time. <laughs> yeah. We were going to awesome. get a rude awakening, I tell you what, brother. Hey, man, and I'm up for it, you know? Like, that's what I'm up for. That's what I'm up for is the lifestyle, you know? And I realize that that's going to mean uh, dealing with blowhards like you once in a while, right? So I'm totally into it. Alrighty then. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Off to a great start here. Off to a great start. So we are talking musings though. What I want to do is I want to break things down with you because obviously I've got a lot of respect for you um, and the things that you've done and uh, and honestly just the talks we've had I think are worthy of, of recording. So uh, that's why I wanted to sit down with you and thank you so much for doing this. Um, and oh, man, it's my pleasure. It's not like I'm it's not like I'm an essential employee and have to do anything. <laughs> No, right, exactly. And I'm lucky I can make my living just sort of sitting behind the computer writing, so uh, it's not really a big change for me either. Um, But the first thing I want to do, I want to kick this off with the first topic and get into um, empty arena wrestling. We're sort of seeing this now as a result of of the COVID-19 situation, pandemic, uh, whatever it's being called or labeled here now, however you want to look at it. It's it's definitely taken uh, an impact on wrestling and the way we see pro wrestling. Um, you guys were still running shows, right? Up until when, when, when was the last show you guys ran? Uh, I ran one at the start of all this on March the 13th. Um, Thrash had their last show on the 29th of February in Merritt. And then they had a couple weeks off and they had a bunch of shows planned for, uh, later in March, beginning of April. And, uh, I snuck in March the 13th and it all just kind of started and was suggesting, Hey, groups. 250 or less is okay so we had about 100 people in rutland which is about the average for rutland right now unfortunately it was just slowly trying to build back up the rutland hall after i moved from lake city bowling and so we did that show people were really appreciative of it because it was just in the beginning when everyone was just you know the, the halcyon days of the beginning of COVID 19 when we were just stockpiling toilet paper and laughing about it but uh you know we had a fun little show. I, uh, I kicked everyone off the show that had even a sniffle, the slightest hint of a cold. I only had two fans. I only gave a re- refunds for two customers because the one uh, the one one fan, her young daughter, had a head cold, and she's like, I'll follow the rules and I'll stay home. It's only had to give away, refund two tickets. Everyone was super appreciative. There was a drunken uh, uh, bachelor party was really happy to be there. So we had a good time. Um, probably just beat the wire because, like, literally a couple days later, they dropped it down to like fifty, and now to ten, now to three, now to you know, you alone, and kick your kids out into the street, or whatever the hell the rule is now. Right, and well, and it even became sort of like a a public opinion sort of thing about being seen as you know, like we want to be on the right side of history on this kind of thing. You know what I mean? Um, so, like, let's not put on shows, even though I know that there are places, there were jurisdictions that weren't. Uh, mandated to stop yet, but they were still kind of like, yo, we should stop gathering people around. Yeah, absolutely. And you can see it. Like, if you look at the news right now, and it's hard to watch the news right now because there is so much bullshit. I have a elderly uh, friend of mine. She contacted me in a in a complete tizzy about stuff that's just, like, wrong. And so I was like, I had to calm her down, which is good because my girlfriend's a nurse, and there's things that I freak out about. And she's like, dude, that's not how this works. Um, but you see people ignoring the rules. Um, look at Liberty University that uh, the preacher, Jerry Falwell Jr., runs down south. He opened up school last week, and uh, everyone went back to school. And then a whole bunch of kids got COVID-19 all at the same time. So it's like it's proven that if you're getting a big group, you're going to get flipping sick. So the fact that kids are still spring breaking in Florida or that, you know, um, people think, oh, let's get back to work next week. It's not going to happen. Yeah. No, and that's it, right? Is there's this uh, initial 14-day sort of block they put down and said, you know, let's take a look at this. I mean, that's going to grow. You know, we're looking at, I mean, you know, I think we made a conservative kind of leap when we had to reschedule our show to June. And even then, no, totally. you know what I mean? Even then, I'm looking at June like, 
can that happen, right? Like, what's the forecast going to be, right? Does anybody even have an idea yet? I think people have to be more responsible. Like, the city of Abbotsford has put a lockdown on any events until September, which seems too long to me, but we'll see, right? So I don't know what the heck's going on. Like, I have my May 9th show in Summerland. I haven't canceled it yet. I set a due date of April 15th because then I at least still got two, three weeks to at least semi-advertise a show. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Like, uh, I think Lumbee Days in June has already canceled. Uh, so other things haven't yet, but we'll see what happens when we get there. I think a lot of places are kind of taking a wait and see. Some places are just being a little bit more uh dramatic with their canceling and stuff like september is crazy um but who knows yeah i think that's it right i mean the more people i i see people ignoring the rules all the time i take my dog for a walk and there was i saw two idiots smoking a cigarette outside a girl's window chatting with her sharing a cigarette while her two babies are in her freaking window right beside her it's like you guys are all a bunch of jerks so you know, you see it. It's like not everyone's taking it seriously, unfortunately. So I think until everybody does, um, I think we're just going to be stuck with kind of riding it out. And that's it. You know, I think September is uh, September does feel like a little bit overkill. People are saying, you know, a year and things. Um, you know, this could affect like the Jericho cruise in February, that kind of stuff. But it's like you can always take it back. You can always set too wide of a margin and then take it back once they have a handle on it. But it's harder for them to say okay, everybody, uh, two more weeks, you know, and then the two weeks goes up and it's like, okay, uh, two more weeks, guys. Okay. Four more weeks, guys. You know? So I, I, I agree with this sort of this wider blanket they're putting over it. So. Yeah. I got no, I got no issue with it. I mean, whatever works, right. Um, it does give people a downer that, oh crap, I can't do nothing till September. I can't do nothing. Oh my God. I'll miss my trip in February. That stuff sucks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we got to do what we got to do. Like, well, we gotta I mean, pull together and just kind of suck it up. And that's it. I mean, you know, because it's it is it's it's happening. It's like it's funny because there's so many people out there. I, I didn't mean to make this whole thing about COVID nineteen. Obviously, uh, it was sort of gonna be a bit, but not like to this extent. Um, Unavoidable. Yeah, I mean, it is right. It is. But then you have all those people who are saying, you know, oh, you know, the flu kills this many people, and X amount of people die every year because of the flu. And it's like, I don't know, man. I think we have to be treating this differently than than how people are treating it now because. I mean, we're looking at news stories popping up all the time. Um, you know, like Yukon, Alberta just got five more deaths uh, this week. And one of them was a dude like my age, you know, who was a dad of, of a bunch of kids. And it's like, man, this is hitting. It's not just, you know, faceless, nameless, uh, you know, elders that are have bad immune systems. You know, this is this is hitting everybody. Right. So well, look at the celebrities that are getting it. I mean, uh Joe Jiffy, the country singer, who was a big thing for me in my early, in my 20s, he's, he was only 61. That's not even old, to be perfectly blunt. Yeah. Right? That's not even what you think is old. Like, if my great-grandpa was still alive, pushing 90, and got coronavirus and passed away, that would be, yeah, yeah, no doubt, right? But 61? Come on, that's not that old. Uh, especially since I'm sitting here at 45. 61's not old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I'm sure there's a big cross-section of 18-year-olds out there who are thinking that 40-year-old is uh, is too old, right? So, Well, I mean, I got, I got two kids that are 12 and almost 16, and, you know, and, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's not, yeah, it's not just the elderly, it's not just the young. Obviously, those are the two most susceptible from what we can see. Um, I like uh, interesting stories. I like the story about uh, Old Crow where those two people, those two idiot Quebecers just showed up from a dream. And uh, that article was amazing Yeah, uh, that you shared. It was so good. I mean, I, obviously, Ace and I flew through Old Crow, and they were nice, but they don't take no shit in Old Crow. So I can't even imagine showing up uninvited. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's it, right? Because, like, even knowing the chief, knowing, knowing the chief, knowing people who are there in Old Crow, I got to see some of the Facebook comments from people who were actually there, and they were saying, yeah, like, they got put out right Sunday. They were on the plane Sunday. They left. But, like, what a thing to sell all your stuff and then move to the remotest and remote places where you have no connection. Like, at least if there was, like, you know, oh, hey, my old high school friend lives there or, you know, my family, my uncle or my twice-removed cousin or I have some connection. But to just literally say, hey there, everybody, in the middle of this pandemic, we're coming through the most populated areas of the world, of Canada right now. And we want to. And the worst, 
where COVID's the flipping worst. Yes. It's the worst right now. Yeah, like, as if Quebec wasn't bad enough already, right? Like, we're going to take Quebecers now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just... You can say it. You were thinking it. It's like, it's embarrass- it embarrasses the whole province, and I'm sure people at home, I'm sure people in Quebec are like, oh, Jesus Christ. You know? <laughs> Tabernacle, why do they have to embarrass us? Right? Like, as if we needed another thing here. <laughs> Suit the Lord! <laughs> Yeah, the uh, it's ridiculous. And then to think, I'm gonna live off the land. It's like, okay, good luck with that. <laughs> and that's it. Like, were they expecting like this? You know, people to just come in and say yes, please. You know, I don't know. I don't know. It could have been a messed opportunity. What if these people were really good, like huntsmen and, and woods and woods people? Right? They could have totally helped the local economy. Um, but we'll never know now. So. I I highly doubt two two people in their thirties that lived in Quebec or Montreal are avid hunters. <laughs> I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess that they were two hipsters. To be perfectly honest, I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure they weren't. I'm pretty sure they were not Grizzly Adams and his wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good call. Good call. But so. <laughs> So now throughout all of this here, which is what brings us to the topic of the day here, uh, when we talk about empty arena wrestling. So now what we're seeing is the wrestlers, uh, these organizations, the top level organizations, and I guess really anybody with uh, the means to do it. Have you heard of anybody, have you heard any any local or indie promotions that are doing this as well? They're just filming with an empty, with an empty room in a ring? Uh, CWE did one last week. And uh, they had, they kept to it, they had six wrestlers, uh, a camera guy, and a referee. Wow. Uh, two camera people, I think. So they had like less than 10 people in a building. And uh, yeah, they had three matches. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they gave it a go. It, uh, it was weird. The guys were clearly, guys, some of the guys were clearly struggling to entertain with no one around them. Right. And so it kind of took that away. Um, oh, hold on one sec here. I got a timer going off. Yeah, no worries. There we go. Anyway, um, it wasn't, uh, I'll be blunt, it wasn't a very good show. Uh, I felt like guys were going through the motions. And, I mean, I know their heart was in the right... I, they were doing it as a fundraiser for their missed tour, so I don't even know if their heart was in the right place, to be perfectly honest. Um, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't want to start burying indie wrestling. I just, I don't know if it's the best idea to be doing it right now, um, especially if it's not great. If you want to entertain people with wrestling, but if you're just putting a half-assed effort, what was the point? Right. And so that's sort of like, you're seeing a lot of people talking online and you're seeing like a lot of comments. I know Blue and I have had this conversation as well from watching the Smackdowns and the uh, AEW Dynamites that are happening now in empty arenas. Um, you know, WWE is working the performance center, so it's not a huge gaping room, right? It's sort of smaller. Um, same thing with AEW. They're using a small, smaller space. Um, and it's it feels different because, like you just said, they're entertaining, but for nobody, you know? And that's sort of what you sort of are left with. Even at the highest level of it, you're left with these guys who, you know, are uh, arguably at the top of their game by being in the WWE by being on the national stage, and and it's coming off like uh, like what what what, what did uh, Jim Cornette say like uh, like High School Musicals you know it's like like theater and like like really bad plays because it's just like an empty room, and so the promos come off kind of flat and the wrestling even it's it's the whole thing it's it's just sort of wondering if maybe like and again not to pull too much from Cornette but Cornette even said he wouldn't be running empty arena shows he would find other like past past things or interviews or segments that didn't involve uh, wrestling in empty arenas uh, to fill the time slots, right? So he kind of what WWE is doing, like now you're seeing past WrestleMania matches on Raw and things. So they're filling time. There's not a full show in front of an empty arena, but you're having f- promos in front of empty arenas and full matches in front of empty arenas where it's like, yeah, but like normally, like and you know this more than, more than I would for sure, more than a lot of people would listening, you 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 react a lot from the people, and that drives the match, right? So what do you do when 100%. there's nobody there? Hundred percent. Wrestling is at the end of the day, wrestling uh, is improv theater, and if you're not playing off the crowd, um, that's half of it, right? Because then you're knowing what's working and what's not, and 
cutting promos. You know, you start in one way, and if you realize your promo's not getting what you want, you alter it as you go. Um, they're just reading their scripts, which half the time in the WWE, the scripts are flat to begin with. And now, with no one there, uh, it's even flatter. And that's just unfortunate. And they... Uh, my thing is this. I get... I don't think they should do empty arenas, but they are beholden, especially the WWE, they are beholden to investors, a board of directors, uh, stock market, they people that hold stocks, right? They yeah. are not a wrestling company. They are a publicly traded business. And I think that's why, and I don't want to get to a political rant, but that's, I think, why Trump was kind of like, all right, right after Easter, country's back to work because he's an, in, he's an industry guy. And businesses are, like, losing their minds that, business has come to a standstill and Vince is in the same boat, right? He's a billionaire who runs on his industry is human flesh, right? And he needs to get, keep that money coming in. And, uh, so he's stuck. He's stuck. He's got a board of directors. He's not fully in charge and hasn't been fully in charge for a long time. So he has, he has people he's bold to. And, uh, with AEW, they're kind of in the same boat. Um, some of the rumors, I heard rumors that they bought their TV. So if they bought that TV, that's money that they spent and they might as well get their use out of it, right? Yeah. So you got to do something. And AEW doesn't have enough in the can to air, oh, we're going to air stuff. It's like, yeah, we've watched all your stuff, dude. You've had three pay-per-views. And like, how are you going to fill two hours of weekly TV when we've seen all your stuff? So I get it. Um, my big issue is is wrestlers not respecting the rules. Uh, the big rumor going around is Roman Reigns had to pull out because The Miz showed up sick, and now The Miz is in hot water because uh, he didn't tell anybody he was sick. Um, uh, Joey Janela was working that show where they did that match. Everyone saw the match for him and uh, is it Jimmy Lloyd? And uh, for him and Jimmy Lloyd. Uh, worked a match they didn't touch each other but apparently somebody at one of those shows was sick and then they went to another show uh, so oh no like guys aren't paying attention to the flipping rules which is what we went back to the beginning of this talk about the COVID stuff is that if you're not adhering to the rules you're making it worse yeah and what I don't understand with the WWE is like they're doing this at the Performance Center in Florida and half the WWE roster lives in Florida because of the no income tax thing why are they flying people in and out yeah you know, like if, like I people like Bailey who live in California or whoever, or Daniel Bryan who lives in Aberdeen, Washington, and Daniel Bryan flying back and forth. Like if he's being forced to fly back and forth, um, when he's got a baby and another on the way, like no, he should be staying home with his family. Absolutely, and I, I know he wants you know? to for sure. He doesn't want to be traveling, and that's and that's he should be allowed to, right? Um, and that's what sucks. I made uh, I made this comment on Facebook. They're talking about WrestleMania going forward, even though a couple guys are dropping out because they're sick. Um, if you go back to the history of pro wrestling, Jesse Ventura tells the story. Right before WrestleMania 1, when Vince McMahon had every penny invested in WrestleMania 1, and it was make or break. If WrestleMania 1 had been a dud, WWF was dead. And it was a huge gamble that obviously paid off because now 37 years later, WrestleMania is the greatest wrestling spectacle every year, except maybe this year. We'll see. And uh, Jesse Ventura had everybody gathered together, all the wrestlers, and said, if we demand a union from him tonight before the show... We have him by the balls. He'll have to give in. And then a rumor is that that Hogan and a couple other guys sold him out, and it didn't happen. Um, Now is the time for them. Because there should be no way that any of us, right, if we work a job that are like, you know what, I have little kids, I have to stay home, where we should be getting punished. I mean, God forbid, the Tim Hortons, I think, here in Edmonton, Tim Hortons in Edmonton that said, if you're scheduled for a shift, you better be here or else. That went viral. And Tim Hortons had to do a big backtrack. Say, no, 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 we're not like that. It's like, you are like that. You're Tim Hortons. Like, let's be real, okay? But this is the time for them to be like, you know what? No. If you want us to do this stupid show, number one, we're getting a union. Number two, you're busting out that private jet, McMahon, and you're picking us all up so we don't have to go through the airport, we don't have to travel with sick people, and you're going to fly us back and forth to Florida. Or the ones that aren't in Florida stay the hell home. And that should already be a given. You think that that they would be using private jets, private resources for this sort of thing 
if they're insisting they bring people, especially the higher level guys across country. But then what you said too about people who are already living in Florida, this is a great reason to build guys up, build up wrestlers uh, that wouldn't be seen normally or wouldn't be given a spotlight normally. You know, like let's give them the rest. Absolutely. Even in Georgia, like Goldberg can drive from Georgia to Florida. That's a short-ass drive. It's not very long, right? I'm trying to think of guys that live around Florida, but most of the rest of them are Florida guys. But yeah, there's other guys don't need to be in these places. Other guys that live out northeast, like like Hunter and Cena and a couple others that live out east, um, drive to flipping Titan Towers. There's a freaking setup there too. You know, do and they should have all. They should have. Apparently, they just filmed WrestleMania this past week. They should have done it three weeks ago when they first started this crap. Yep, exactly. Because now it's even should have more. Been in the can, fully edited. Everybody go the hell home. Yep. And then just press the freaking button from the from the head office and be done with it. And everyone's at home. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of you know anyone can armchair quarterback. We can all hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, I'll say this. I see both sides of the argument. They should and they shouldn't do it. Um, you know, they're doing the best they can to try and entertain the people and maintain your business. Um, the rest of us, it's not our full-time gig, you know? So we cannot be weekend warriors for a couple months for the safety of everybody. It's not that big a deal. It's not like I can't, it's not like something I can't pay my rent because of wrestling. I can't pay my rent because EI sucks. Let's be honest about that. But uh, There's another you know, episode. So, so it's not it's not wrestling that's causing me to have to you know to, uh, beg and plead with my landlord to cut my rent this month. Yeah, exactly, right. So, yeah, it's it's but a different it's like, situation. Not, we don't understand because this is a billionaire. It's two billionaires running pro wrestling. None of us can understand the concept of a billion dollars. Yeah. You know, so that's the thing. So we don't understand because we have, we don't have this responsibility as local indie wrestlers. And I know a lot of. Like, CWE tried and whatever, you know, tip of my hat for them trying. Um, maybe it's just a good idea to just not do it and just let it go, right? Yeah. Edit, edit the videos. I have so much footage in the can that I never edited and I try to edit. And, you know, maybe that's just what it's about. It's just what do we got or stuff like this and let's just talk about wrestling and whatever. And, yeah, do something else. Yeah, exactly, right? I think so, too. I will say, I, I will say this, though, about Cornette. I do not believe a word he says where he said, if I was still running Smoky Mountain or whatever, that he wouldn't do this. Bullshit. He would absolutely do it. He would absolutely do it because the man's a hypocrite, but that's a different argument for a different day. He would be at the forefront of this empty arena stuff. Because you got to remember, at the end of the day, Cornette's from Tennessee, and that's where this stuff started. Like, when people talk about empty arena, and that's the thing. They talk about empty arena matches, and people make stupid arguments. I guess it's a straw man argument. And you even talked about it earlier. For like example, they're like, oh, oh, uh, COVID 19's only killed X amount of people, and such and such has killed more. That's two different things. It's apples and oranges. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, and like, uh, I, saw, I saw a shit joke on Instagram today, but the joke where it's like, um, in the States, COVID 19 has now killed more people than 9 11. And then they're like, yeah, because that's a standard of measurement, the 9 11. Like, what the hell? That's not even what? This, this flu virus has killed more people than a terrorist attack? How is that? Yeah. Well, how is that? That's not even apples and oranges. That's what's like, that? How's that a thing? That's apples and a terrorist attack. Like, what the <laughs> frig are you trying to... Or the or the meme with Godzilla. Godzilla's killed 4,000 people. Yeah, but cancer kills 25,000, so what's the big deal? Um, <laughs> you know, what? <laughs> Does that make... These are ridiculous arguments, but no. I'll tell you this much. Uh, so people are like, back on track here. People are like, oh, they've done empty arena matches all the time. Yeah, I'm a a single empty arena match. Right? Funk and Lawler did a great one. Uh, who else did a great one? Uh, a fun one, uh, Halftime Heat Forever Ago. Um, Mankind in the Rock. Yeah, exactly. You know, you think about that. It was a match that went 20 minutes, half hour tops. Not a four-and-a-half, six-hour pay-per-view now spread over two days, and God forbid that is hosted by Rob freaking Gronkowski. Hey, if you're not down with the Gronk, I think we're going to have another episode in our hands here, buddy. Here's here's my issue. <laughs> Five minutes into Gronkowski's debut, I'd had enough. Well, I had enough He's already. Small dose. He is a small-dose guy. Yeah. Like Mojo Rowley. I love Mojo Rowley. 
honestly, they're small dose guys. Yeah. Do you want to sit and listen to Rob? Do you want to listen to Rob Gronkowski for four and a half hours? No, I don't want to see him in every segment coming back either, right? But that's he's the host of WrestleMania. Yeah, exactly. So that's what we're in, in for. An empty arena. Where, you know what I'm saying? This is not. This is some of the the stuff that we're you know if they if they turn this around in two days and let every worker go out there and wrestle twenty minutes and get themselves over you know it's spectacular, spectacular. But if you look at the stuff they've already done, like the the, the first I only watched the first Raw SmackDown because I was like you know what I've already watched the last two pay per views I don't need to see I don't need to see this god awful Elimination Chamber tag match again. Um, so, uh, but I uh, the first Raw was a Raw. Rey Mysterio and Andrade went six minutes. That was the only wrestling match. It's like, what? I stayed for two hours to watch six minutes of wrestling? Yeah. That I hadn't already seen. Like, it's cool. If you hadn't seen the Royal Rumble, I guess that's cool. But I'd seen it. So I was like, all right, fast forward. And I watched 10 minutes of the show. And I was like, all right, see ya. Um, that's so fun. Right? Go back further. There's other pay-per-views people haven't seen. And, get and you know, watch that stuff. Well, I mean, there's so many things that they could be using. Like, that's not even just like they want to clamor. They want to get these people back that they, they've lost. They want to get to this tap into this old audience. Then start showing some attitude era stuff. Start showing some some '90s, some '80s stuff. You know, give us some real. Like, I've gotten such an education from watching Dark Side of the Ring. I saw them all. Um, you know what I mean? Like in a in one day, I watched like all six episodes plus the Benoit, <clears throat> the two parter. Um, and I've learned so much, you know, like there were, there were wrestlers I had no idea about. Um, there were things that I had no clue because I really tuned in. Like I said, I think it was early 90s when I tuned in. It was just after WrestleMania 8. And uh, it was WrestleMania 9, I think, it was, it was when I actually tuned in and um, started paying attention. But, yeah, that was something else, you know. So to see... To, WrestleMania, 9 was in, WrestleMania 9 was in Vegas, right? That's right. That was the one open open air at the Coliseum. Not the, not the best WrestleMania to start your fandom with. Well, but that's it, right? And so that's why it was sort of like, um, who are these guys? And it's like, man, that giant Gonzalez is huge, but he can't, like, move, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. It's not the point, though. When you're 7'7", seven seven, you don't have to move. That's and that's it. And that's it, right? Exactly. You've got a role to play here. It's just like, let's just protect the guy, right? Oh, thinking about Kevin Nash just popping his quads there. Jeez. Painful. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm watching the old In Your Houses right now, and I swear he nearly blew out his quad. In the first four, he has two big matches, and both of them, he's like jumping around, and it's like, oh, watch those legs. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's like when I'm watching old Psycho Sid matches, I'm just like, does he know how many hops he has left? How many lands he has left? In in one of the first In Your Houses, he comes off the second row against Henry Godwin, and I swear, I was like, oh, don't, don't snap again. <laughs> but it was just gross because he's got you see you can see even back then his his calves are so skinny it's like man this house is gonna crumble him and Nash both get such skinny legs and um, uh, in your house four the main event is the two dudes with attitudes Diesel and HBK against Yokozuna and uh, David Boy Smith and Kevin Nash trips over HBK at one point and I was like oh here we go. <laughs> It's just the foreshadowing. It's just, it's just like when he blew his quad when he came back as the NWO in WWE, when he just tripped over Bubba Ray and went down in the heap. Yeah, and it was like literally the same move, and I was like, "Oh God, if only you knew then." But yeah, yeah, I tell you, it's something else. Uh, WrestleMania. We're talking. We talked a bit about WrestleMania. Now people know that they're pre-taping WrestleMania here. They're not going to do it live uh, this weekend. Uh, that's. I think it's this weekend, right? Is that the date for it? This weekend or next? Or did they push it back a week? I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, wow. Things, things to figure out before we go uh, start recording wrestling podcasts. But, uh, so... Um, you. You're the producer, man. Well, that's it, right? It's on me for sure. As I'm the guy with the computer internet right in front of me here. I could have easily done that in the time that, you know, rather than call myself out on it. Um, <laughs> so, this in post. Right? There we go. We can fix it in post. Classic. Classic words. Never want to hear. An editor never wants to hear is when somebody says we can fix it in post. Just keep going. Um, so now WrestleMania spoilers, WrestleMania spoilers, admittedly, I'm somebody who has no, uh, patience for anything. Like I will read the plot of a movie on Wikipedia just so I know, (laughs) you know, before, because I live in the Arctic, I don't have theater, right? So it's a bootleg or it's waiting for months, you know? Um, so now with WrestleMania spoilers, admittedly, I've been looking and I haven't found any, I think they've taped these, some of these matches already, haven't they? 
and I haven't found any results. Um, from what I can tell, but then the problem is a lot of the dirt sheets are crap. Yeah. To be perfectly honest, even even Meltzer, nine times out of ten, is full of crap. He acts like he knows stuff. He has no clue. Um, most of it does. I mean, whatever. Yeah, I don't. I haven't seen a lot. I know. I know. One thing I read recently: they're still advertising the triple threat ladder match between Miz and Morrison and the Usos and New Day. Um, although Miz has apparently now been sent home, so now it's just going to be a three-way ladder match between Morrison, one of the Usos, and I'm guessing Kofi Kingston. And uh, but I don't know if the tag titles are on. I don't know if they've already filmed it. Apparently, the rumor is they've already filmed this three-way ladder match. Are still advertising a tag title match, even though none of the other guys are in it. I don't know. Right. Apparently, there's a rumor that Vince uh, taped a bunch of stuff and might not even air it because he doesn't like some of it. Oh, wow. So who knows what that is. You got to remember, this company's run by a billionaire pushing 80, who, and billionaires are crazy in general, and most billionaires don't take chair shots to the head. So who knows what the hell's going on? Yeah, for real, though, right? And I, like, I, it's interesting to find out, too, though, that they changed the, the main event for the Universal Championship. So it'll be interesting to see how that, turn, how that turns out with... Uh, with that as well, because like I said, I'm still sore over the Fiend losing that title. Damn it! I tell you. You know what though? We talk. I think you and I talked about this. I know. I, I know. I teased some other people about it. Um, the the social media Twitter did not care that the Fiend lost the belt. Yeah. To be perfectly honest, the, the Twitter was like, "Sweet, can the Fiend go away?" And yeah, someone pointed out, and that's unfortunate because you know what, Bray Wyatt. Um, and even the feud he's in with John Cena where Bray Wyatt's kind of like, you suck and you've been given a lot of chances and you don't deserve any more. And it's like, well, that's an ugly feud to have. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, you stink. And I had to come out of retirement because you're horrible. It's like, wow, okay. <laughs> Way to get your guys over. But anyway. Um, well, Cena's done that before thing. too, right? Cena said that to Roman where he said, I shouldn't be here anymore, but you can't do the job, so here I am, right? Yeah, and that's a... And I get it, but it also it's not making new stars when your old guys come back. I mean, this is what sucks is that people repeat stuff from the past, but the bad stuff. That was the New Blood Rising feud in WCW that was garbage with the Millionaires Club versus the New Blood, and it sucked. It's like, oh, all these young guys are horrible, and we're awesome, and everyone, and then the Hogan and Sting and Luca were supposed to be the bad guys. Everyone's like, nah, you guys are cool. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like, well, this was stupid. Now you just buried all your talent. Um, my my thing with Bray Wyatt, someone pointed out, is that the reason people didn't care about the fiends is because the main event scene in WWE is plug and play, and nobody's a star. It doesn't matter if it's Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, Bray Wyatt, Dolph Ziggler, um, Alistair Black. It doesn't matter who any of these guys are because WWE hasn't invested enough to make fans care like the good old days. None of these guys are huge marquee names. Roman's probably the only one, and to be fair, he's still in that early Cena stage where people are kind of sick of seeing him getting pushed. Yeah. You know, Cena went through that. People forget. Cena went through that. The Rock went through that. Oh, yeah. It's like, these guys are getting pushed, and we can't stand them. And then they cross through, yep. and they're like, oh, no, wait, these guys are good. We respect them now. And Roman's never been given that chance to get through. And the other guys are literally irrelevant. It doesn't matter anybody right now. I mean, it's awesome that Drew McIntyre won the Rumble. Um, but if six months from now he wins the title and loses again, no one's going to care. Yeah. No one's going to care. And it doesn't matter who he loses the two. He could turn around and drop a title to Braun Strowman for two months, and no one's going to care. And then Braun could drop it to whoever. And it's just they're all, they're all plug and play. It doesn't matter what the name is because for the past 20 years, Vince McMahon has made the only name be the WWE. And the McMahon family. That's literally the only names that matter. Yeah. So it doesn't matter that. Yeah, Bray got a run. Sweet, cool. Means he probably got a little bit of extra money on his house show run. And that's awesome. Like, give the guy, oh, yeah, congrats, man. You got your six-month run. And they were just waiting for someone with a bigger name to show up for no reason. And But that's what's going on forever. That happened to CM Punk. And that's one of the reasons why he got bitter and left. Because CM Punk had that big, long title run. Because, quite frankly, they were just waiting for The Rock to be ready to come back to drop the belt to John Cena. Yeah, you know, and that's... And that's why he held the belt for a year. That's the only reason he held the belt for a year. didn't matter who it was. didn't matter. Anyone Anyone could have had that run. To be perfectly blunt. No, I think that's one of the problems that I'm seeing now is um, 
the championships, you know what I mean? Like, and this is something that, uh, you know, Brian Zane talks about on Wrestling with Regret is that championships now, it's like, um, you know, like Dolph Ziggler, you got guys that, uh, you know, held the championship once uh, or the world title once, and it didn't help them. It doesn't help them now because they've been relegated back to this cycle system of you're not a star until we say you are again. You know what I mean? So we're not seeing this sort of where we used to see that, you know, you'd know that Bret Hart was the man, that Shawn Michaels was, you know, the top guy, that these guys were the top wrestlers. But now it's just kind of like with this 50-50 booking sort of stuff and people winning the championship and then going back down again. It's like, well, is anybody a star at this point? Hold up, though. They were doing that. You got This is the problem when we talk about wrestling now and compared to the past is we look at the past from when we grew up with these rose-colored glasses. They did this back then, too. Um, Bret Hart and Sid, when Shawn Michaels was kind of hurt and, and having his issues and lost his smile and blah, 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 yeah. Sid and Bret Hart and Diesel and a couple other guys were trading the belt around almost every week. Like, Bret Hart would win the belt at a pay-per-view and a week later lose it on Raw to Sid. And then Sid would lose the belt. And the belt was meant nothing then, too. Okay, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're got saying. around, man. So it's like this is not new to the WWE system of wrestling. But I think when it when it did that though back then it was only like you said between the there would be four or five guys or less at a time that would be the main top guys that that would happen to. And then when they wouldn't have that anymore, they would still be it wouldn't be they wouldn't be tarnished, right? They wouldn't be drugged through. And I think it's also because of overexposure. That it's just sort of it's a natural thing, right? It has to happen. This this now because now we're seeing a guy like Dolph Ziggler get the championship, but then when Dolph Ziggler loses that, he can't be top guy anymore. You know, he has to go back down and do these things, and we see him every week. You know what I mean? So I think it loses its luster. I don't know. And those are all those are all valid points. Um, I think the problem too is that the modern fan is very fickle. Yes. You know, and this and this started with Austin becoming champ because the chase for Austin, Austin won the title at WrestleMania 15 from Shawn Michaels, and that was a big moment. But then they immediately noticed that TV ratings went down once Austin had the belt, and they realized that Austin was a bigger ratings draw with the chase. Exactly. That's why he got the belt. Take, that's why he got the double pin against the Brothers of Destruction and then they took the belt off and then there was a tournament and they gave it to The Rock. But a lot of times with these guys, it's the chase. I even have it, I even have it now. I will, uh, a guy will win the TV title here in Big West and immediately, within, like, they'll get one title defense and fans are like, ooh, I wonder who wins the belt next. It's like, dude has had the title for <laughs> one show. Yeah. Like, oh, who's next? It's like, what? And what that's are you talking about. And that's it. So I think that like, and that's sort of. I think I'm becoming a product of that, and especially because I'm such a new, a new wrestling fan in a lot of regards. Um, as long as I've been watching, it definitely is new in in regards to how long wrestling's been around. Um, mm-hmm. And so, so I, I understand transitional champions happen. I understand that you know the business happens. Guys like Shawn Michaels, things happen, and then you got to move the strap around. Or like you said, that there's. Maybe there's two faces. There's two guys that you just you couldn't have them collide, so there has to be a buffer. So stuff will happen like that. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I just and I'm not saying I'm in favor of super long reigns either. But I just, I just, I just don't want to see. I want to see the championship being used for more than something than just a uh, a prop. I guess you know what I mean. Like it just, I want it to mean more than more than what it is. And but I realize that that there's a ceiling that we're living in a snow globe where it can't be right. So, but at the end of the day, it is a prop. Yeah, you know what I mean. And even in, it's not just in pro wrestling. You look at the UFC. How many guys? Because the way the UFC is set up, with everyone's kind of you talk about fifty fifty booking. It's not booked, obviously, but although that would be a great news story if it was. Um, <laughs> but because every guy in the UFC now kind of just fights. There used to be every fighting style. That was the whole point of Ultimate Fighting. Every fighting style comes together. What's the best? And then it turns out, oh, a combination of jiu-jitsu and wrestling is the best. So now just everybody does that. Everybody just fights the same damn style, right? Yeah. And the thing is now is that most guys in the UFC are pretty even. There's very 
very few guys that are exceptionally great, like George St. Pierre and who? Like, very few guys win, like, four or five matches in a row. It's true. You know, it's pretty 50-50. So you see a lot of times, like, those UFC titles, um, especially, like, the, the, the main ones, the light heavyweight, like, those middle rankings, which are the main guys, those titles pass around show to show to show to show. Yeah. And that's just the way it is. None of these, there's no, because it's parody. And you even see in the UFC it struggles because, and that's kind of the model Vince is at because in reality it's not the guys, it's the fact, it's the brand UFC and Dana White. That's the selling feature of the UFC. And then the only way guys really get famous nowadays is to say something woefully ignorant on in the media and then people are like, oh, look this crazy guy. You know, you look, you look who the stars of the UFC are. Conor McGregor, who can't keep his mouth shut, and John Jones, who can't stop getting arrested. And, you know, <laughs> those are the only guys that are becoming real stars in the UFC. The guys that are just good fighters, nobody cares. Yeah. You know, but you've seen that too, fun. yeah. Yeah. Sorry? You've seen that as well, yeah. Like you said, the, the sort of the characters, that sort of, it's it, people gravitate to that, you know? Like even with... Um, uh, what's his name now? Derek Lewis now, right? I mean, the guy's hilarious. So you want to hear him in front of the microphone, but he's also incredibly powerful, right? So there's a real there you go, see? mix there, you know? But even he's got such, he knows it too. He, his style is so limited that he even admits it where he's like, yeah, I'm just gassed out until I hit my punch and then they're not going to get up from that, right? So. <laughs> and that's not a bad thing, right? And I think that's one of the problems. If you, if you tie that in together, we're kind of getting to the point here is that with the WWE being so scripted, these guys can't differentiate themselves. How how am I supposed to, if you and I were in the WWE, God forbid they ever got that desperate, but if you and I were in the WWE <laughs> and they're giving us the exact same promos but we're two different characters, how are we going to differentiate ourselves from each other? Yeah. We're not. And that's, I think, kind of one of the things that AEW kind of got a little bit of a jump at the beginning is because they are letting guys go out there and kind of say and do whatever they want. And some of it's like, ooh, that's a little risque, right? And then they get reined back in. And then other guys, it's like, oh, you know what? This is this is working. You know, some of these guys are getting a chance to really shine and be themselves, which as WWE as a much more controlled environment. Um, Matt Hardy and Chris Jericho on the Jericho's podcast had a spectacular uh, talk about this. And even Dean Ambrose... John Moxley had a talk about that too when he left. He's like, I don't want to do this. And they're like, well, you're doing it. And then trying to sneak things in when Vince isn't looking and so you can be yourself. And that's that's a crazy way to work. But, you know, it's kind of the two different things here, right? And that's maybe why these guys in WWE aren't becoming major stars is because they're not getting a chance to really be themselves. And that's it. Like You look at guys like uh, like Zack Ryder. You're looking at people like Mandy Rose, like Sonya Deville, uh, Xavier Woods. People who have great social media followings and they have that success because they've got they're just charismatic they reach people on that level and people are interested in what they do on a outside of work you know basis um i think those people are going to do great you know like even looking at like brody lee brody lee was somebody that i let um wwe sort of just put into a box in my brain that i'm not going to see anything beyond because i didn't know brody lee before he was in wwf or WWE, the Fed. I thought I just knew him as Luke Harper. So when somebody showed me Brody Lee before, and they told me this guy like he's got this potential and he can actually talk, I was like, really? So when you're listening to Brody's uh, interview with Jericho, there, it's like, wow, you know, like this is somebody again who just got pigeonholed, you know. And even Jericho says it a lot in his podcast that you know he knows Vince very well, and once Vince has an idea in his head, that's it. You know, it's very hard to break out of that. Oh, and very few guys have done it. Very few guys have done it, and that's the thing. Like Steve Austin's probably the last guy that ever did it, and Daniel Bryan. Steve Austin, Daniel Bryan, probably the only two that really bust through the the, the glass ceiling that was set for them. Yeah, and both both were on a fluke, and both were thanks to a catchphrase. <laughs> Right, Austin 16 and the yes chant. That's probably the only way. And that's what I never understood that Bray wasn't more over. Because when he would come out and every person would have their cell phone light on. And I was like, this guy should be at undertaker levels. But then he gets hurt and then he gets in trouble. And, you know, sometimes these guys sabotage themselves too. There's so many factors, right? Exactly. Why is so-and-so a bigger star? 
well, you know what? Maybe he shouldn't have pissed Vince off in the hallway that time. Or who knows, right? Yeah. So many little things happen. Even on this small level of indie wrestling, little things happen. And I pissed off a voter one time and said one wrong thing. And I was in the doghouse for forever to the point where you're like, all right, I'm going to go somewhere else. And uh, But the Brody Lee thing, you know what? I'm a little bit behind on my AEW, but I've seen two of his promos when he showed up as the exalted one. The one where he's eating a steak and a different one. Yeah. And the second I saw those promos, I was like, if this guy isn't, this guy needs to take, this guy needs to be the guy that beats Moxley for the world title. Like, this is like literally within two promos. It's like, hot damn, this guy is something. Yep. And the thing is, he can still work. He can still go. And it's like, man, like I would not be surprised if they did it. And then literally, it didn't take them very long. And this is what I'm talking about, right? Is that if you're given a chance to shine, everyone should be allowed that chance to sink or swim. And the problem, I think, said the WB because it's so, and they've talked about this, it's so sanitized and so controlled. Yeah. You're not allowed to sink or swim. You're just kind of allowed to float. And it's a, you're such a product, too, that it's like they're, they're making, like, they're, they look at, like, Mad Dog. They say, Mad Dog, that's marketable. Let's make the shirts. We'll make the toys. We'll make the video game. We'll make the movies. And then it's like, now you really can't say what you want because, you know, like, what if you misalign with their view? Of their of what their product is now, you know what I mean. But then I feel so bad again. Just to retouch on the whole empty arena thing, I feel so bad for AEW during this time because it's like you got Lance Archer, you got Matt Hardy, you got Brody Lee. All these guys debuted to an empty arena. Like how hard is that to to just say okay, yeah, we could hold it up, and then like because they couldn't hold it off until May or June, right? Like they had to let these guys work. So it's like play debut them, but to see them debut to it, no reaction is just painful, man. But the ratings are the reaction, and the ratings are still good. Yeah, and I mean that's true. That's the reaction. This is TV wrestling at the end of the day. So if the ratings are good, they're doing the right thing. And with with Hardy's debut or the showdown with Jericho when he did the flittering through the arena, you couldn't have done that with a live arena. Yeah. No, you couldn't, and that's what they're saying too. Is these are it's creating in, uh, unique in spots, unique uh, opportunities for them to flex muscles because they are in empty arenas, you know. Which I think is it's something else. And that's if one guy could do empty arena type stuff, it's Matt Hardy because he took that to the next level with the stuff in his compound. So if anyone right now in the modern systems knows how to do stuff without a crowd around them, it's yeah. Matt Hardy. And yeah. that's the guy you want on your show. Because he's like, oh, yeah, this is how you do it. Who cares? We'll just film shit. And because he did those massively. Yeah. Oh, he totally were, did. Oh, my God. Those were so ridiculous. But they were so fun. Yeah, and that was the one thing. I listened to Jericho talking to, to Matt Hardy about that that episode they just did. And he was saying, he was talking about how why that didn't work with Vince. is because Vince just wouldn't allow for the in-jokes. He wouldn't allow for them to break the fourth wall. It just wasn't fun. It was too manufactured. You know what I mean? Like, it was too... And he didn't understand it. Yeah, exactly. He didn't understand it. Like you said, if this is what the people want, I must be out of touch. It's like, yeah. well, you are. Yeah, exactly. You are because you're an old man. You're an old man. And you don't look at wrestling as wrestling. But that's the thing, too, is that you look at this Raw and SmackDown shows, and they're kind of just dull because guys are going through the motions. Now is the time... To be overacting. Yeah. To be like, man, you know, um, the one thing I like, we were talking about that CW show earlier. Uh, AJ Sanchez did it because he couldn't resist. And I love AJ Sanchez. He's an amazing worker. Is that he went up to the back corner and he's like, these are my people over here. My people, you're in a building big enough, very big enough to hold your wrestling ring. But shit like that's funny. Yeah. And you got to have fun with it. You know, you got to make that effort. Well, I mean, Triple H on that first SmackDown, you could tell he had more fun with that than he probably has in a very long time. And that's what made the show very exciting for me, was his involvement. And that's the thing, though. What sucks, though, is that he's allowed to do that because he's the office. Yeah. And, like, so he's allowed to do it. And if The Rock was there, he could do it. And if Jericho was there, he could do it. And if Goldberg wants to fart around, he could do it. And Cena. But, you know, Braun can't. And, and, the fiend can't and you know and that's what sucks it's that you know let everybody just you're making people put themselves at risk getting on goddamn planes flying across the country for your silly little show at least let them go out there and have some sort of fun oscar's been doing it oscar's 
been goofing off, and she doesn't give a shit. It's awesome. Yeah, I see that too. That is funny. That is hilarious, and it's going viral. You know, like I'm on uh, TikTok now, so everybody listening to this, uh, check out Desro.Eskimofo on TikTok. Uh, but no, I mean they're making it like they're they're crossing into new uh, realms. You know, like I said again with the social media stuff, you got Lana out there, you got Mandy out there. They're making videos in their downtime now, and um, and they're making more of it happening now. Like I've got uh, Danny Deeds merch. You know what I mean? Like I'm taking advantage of this this downtime we have in. Uh, in wrestling because we need to support those around us, you know, and whatever people are doing. So share this. I got to sell the last of my big West t-shirts. I'm going to put them online pretty quick here. Nice. Nice. And then we got to share this episode, you know, so everybody listening, share this, right? hundred percent. That's what I don't get right now. I'm editing matches, putting them out there. And then people that are in them aren't sharing them. And it's like, Oh, Oh, you put out a show three weeks ago, a match, and it got less than 100 views. It's like, how is there less than 100 views? Like, what yeah. else are you watching right now? No, that's exactly <laughs> it. I mean, like, I what know, I like. But other, other than that, take a break from Goddamn. I did. You watch, you know, girlfriend and I watch two episodes. We take a break. I do something else. You don't have to watch all six in a row. <laughs> it's too much. Yeah. No, exactly, exactly. And what I like about it, though, I like watching uh, you guys, Big West and things, Thrash, because it's like, it gives me context, you know what I mean? Because I know you guys, I'm learning from you guys, so to see what indie wrestling, because I don't watch a whole lot of indie wrestling outside of, I don't know, does, I, I guess AEW doesn't count anymore, because that's, that's mainstream now, that's, that's a company now, right? So aside from, yeah, you know, totally. aside from the big companies, like I don't go out there and I don't watch a lot of indie wrestling on YouTube and things. So to watch you guys' matches, it gives me a really good insight into what the indie scene is like because up here we don't have that at all. No, of course, right? Of yeah. course. Yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, Mad Dog, so glad you had so glad you had the time here to uh, to share with us. Um, I know we wanted to do this in like 10-minute snippets, but here we are at 50 minutes in, and uh, it feels like nothing, brother. It feels like nothing. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I'll talk wrestling for hours and hours, and I realize, too, it's like, man, we're already dragging on here, but that's how she goes. That's what happens. So, everybody listening, please share this episode. Tune in to the next episode of uh, Musings of the Mad Dog. And I'm the Eskimofo. Marty, what do you got to say to the people? Uh, check me out on Twitter, at Marty Sugar. Check out BigWestWrestling.com. Check out Big West Wrestling and Mad Dog Marty Sugar, both on Facebook. And yeah, don't uh, miss out. We got. I'm gonna be doing more editing and getting a lot more matches out in the next couple weeks. And uh, yes, listen, uh, listen and share and share. And if you can buy some indie wrestlers merch, they'll really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, support your indie wrestling during this trying time.